Welcome back to the fourth episode of Aria's Joy. I would never have imagined that I would have come this far telling this story. But here I am. It's exciting and scary and many, many other things at the same time. But it's helpful. This week, I thought I would dive into those left behind. So the crazy thing about grief and loss is being left behind. For children with deceased parents, they're orphans. A man or a woman with a deceased spouse, widow, widower. But a parent of a deceased child. What name do we have? What category do we fall into aside from a general sense of brokenness? Is that our title? Is that our category? In the last few weeks, I have been presented with a new client. One that is a victim of gun violence. And he happens to be a left behind. 20 or so years ago, he and his brother were playing with a weapon, as mischievous boys do. And long story short, the gun went off and killed his brother instantly. His remarks to me in the years since then are something to the effect of, my mother is not right. She checked out. She's not mentally there. And the thoughts that have come to mind in my dealings with him have been such that I'm there. What of those around me? I don't have other children. But Aria has a brother. And I asked his father recently, does he ask about her? Does he think about her? And he said that he does. And I'm glad. I hope they're good thoughts. I hope they're happy thoughts. But the thing that makes me most sad is that he only had one occasion to lay eyes on his baby sister. In no world does that seem or feel fair. No child of any age should have to experience such profound grief and pain at any time, but especially not at nine years old. Coincidentally, that's the same age my client was when he lost his brother. Fast forward 20 years and his relationship with his mother is still not restored. He still describes her as broken, disconnected from him, disjointed from the people and things around her. I think of myself when I hear that because I wonder how disconnected and disjointed I really am. I've started back operating in my life much like I did before her passing. But there's definitely a different aura about the things that I do. I help people differently. I make different decisions. 
I hold myself to a different standard than I did previously. And I don't know exactly why that is, but it's true. There's something in me that's very, very different. The scariest thing about all of this and the being left behind is there are days when reality doesn't seem very real. There are days when I can see her face just as clearly as if I was looking at a picture of her. And then there are days when I can't remember what her face looks like, what it feels like, what her cry sounded like. And those are the days and moments that scare me most. Because she was the thing I love most in this world. And if my mind is becoming so distant from the things that remind me of her, then what does that say about my love? Is it fleeting? Is it fickle? Is it easily changed? It's a prospect that I wonder about often. And I don't know the truth, the reality of it. I know that in those moments when I feel least connected, I can ground myself with the memory of the feelings that I have associated with her. Prior to her life, I'd understood love on a very basic human level. You do for me, I do for you. I do for you because we're related, I do for you because I'm obligated. All of my love was very regimented, very understood, very practical. You love your family. You love your friends. You tolerate some people. But with her, there were no options. I remember sitting one morning, maybe a few weeks after she was born, I was so exhausted. My God. And my aunt had fixed breakfast for me so that I could take care of her. And I was sitting there, and I was eating, and the next thing I knew, my aunt was just taking my tray away because apparently I had fallen asleep mid-bite. I was able at that time to go without eating, drinking, sleeping for so long just to make sure that she was okay, make sure that she had what she needed. I had a C-section and was still determined to try to keep the room clean, try to keep things in order, try to keep the house together when I should have been sitting down taking care of myself. Those things just didn't matter to me. Making sure that she was safe, things were clean, she wasn't being exposed, those were the things that mattered to me. Protecting her from an invisible demon that threatened all of our lives in a very real way while still trying to just be a normal first time mom well
is you no longer fit into the circles that you fit into prior to this time in your life. You thought you were joining one club, the mom's club, when you were destined to join another, the moms of deceased children club, a club no one ever wants to be a part of. I would be hard-pressed to find anyone that's beating down the door for membership in this club. The members don't even want to be members. So why would non-members? Even still, you don't fit into that club either. I recently ran across another parent of a deceased child. And I don't know their particular experience. Not in its entirety. But I did learn that though there's a shared experience, the experience is not shared. It's not close to resembling anything that looks like anything that happened to anyone else. The loss is loss. But it is in no way, shape, or form similar to the loss of the next club member. And the way you respond to loss is different from one person to the next. And that's saddening in a way. Because when you don't fit anywhere else, and you think, my God, I should fit in this place, and then you don't. It's a lot more exclusionary than inclusionary. It makes your insecurities very, very profound. You start to feel like the essence of you is not something that people desire or they have a desire to have them in their circle. The fact of the matter is nobody wants to be constantly surrounded by the memories of loss. Nobody wants to have to tiptoe around happy subjects about children and school plays and grades and sports and bad kids and them getting on your nerves and feeling ungrateful because you have your children to complain about and they don't. It's a place where it's very easy to find yourself constantly and consistently being alone. Family and friends hide perfectly good news of babies and baby showers and family gatherings and events and things of the sort because no one wants the poison of pain in the punch. Sad as it may be, it's not something that is not understandable. Understandable, yes. Acceptable, probably not. But it's something that we just have to come to terms with as members of this club. For a long time, I didn't realize that her father and I were not the only ones that lost her. Her uncle lost a niece. Her aunt lost a niece. Her grandparents lost a granddaughter. And though their pain and anguish may not be as profound... It's very real, very present, and it exists. 
when you're the parent in the position of loss, you often forget to make room for other people to grieve and be sad as well. Life seems to only be about your grief, your pain, your loss. How will you survive? How will you make it through? Will you make it through from one day to the next? But there are other left behinds besides the first degree losers, the parents. And I've come to realize that their pain is just as real. It's just as profound. And I hate to think that I've created an environment where no one else can be sad about my aria except me. Because that's not true. She's lost to this world. Everything she could have been, would have been, may have been, is gone. It's the potential for me at this point. I was pregnant alongside a friend of mine, and I often see pictures of her little boy, and I think, my God, Aria would have been that big. She would be walking and babbling and getting into things and learning and discovering the world in in the most miraculous way that only children can. Sometimes it makes me sad. Sometimes it makes me jealous. But mostly, it often makes me smile. Because I know... Someone from that time lived to tell the tale. And he will. He will tell the tale of being born in the era of COVID when so many little people didn't make it. So many big people didn't make it. He'll live to tell the tale. And it'll be a story unlike any ever told. And I hope that I'm in a position when he gets older to tell him about the little girl that came a few days after him. How His mom and I traded pregnancy horrors. How she comforted me as she was not a first-time mother. And how she stood by me in the time since. I hope that you all will continue to walk this journey with me and hear my story because there's a lot more to be told see you next time bye